Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Geek Town Radio. This week I have with me... Geek Town. Matt. Hey David, how are you doing? I'm right, how are you? I'm okay. Yeah, not, good. Too, not too bad. Yeah. Good, good, good. It's it's not been a particularly busy TV week, but uh, what have you been doing? Well, since the last time I was on, I've watched two different shows. Uh, one of which I haven't finished because there's more of it. Um, <laughs> one one of which is a uh, a new first season of a show. There was a thing called The Rain, which dropped on Netflix probably yeah. a couple of months ago or something. Danish drama, yeah. Uh, it's essentially the idea that there's these like bunkers, like these underground bunkers and stuff, um, and the rain is kind of like causes you to die in yeah. in a particular way uh, yeah. like it, it will infect you if it touches your skin and that kind of thing yeah and essentially the idea is that this company called i think it's Apollon or something um it's the main character's dad that works there right she's kind of walking around with her younger brother who um transitions to a to a teenager during the the first season because i think there's like a mini a mini time skip or something because at one point they show a montage of them living in there for a couple of years or something and then suddenly he is in teenager um but it's essentially the idea that them and of course the rest of the world will live in bunkers uh if they can get access to them of course uh not everybody does have access to them and you'll stay under there and avoid the rain um the rain's not like a constant thing so i think it's the thing of if you run out of supplies or something you have to wait for the rain to go and venture out and get some supplies uh they meet a bunch of other characters and that it sort of takes itself from there it's a bit like if you had walking dead but you took zombies out put some rain in and put like bunkers (laughs) in and instead or, or something like that yeah so it's certainly a bit like that in terms of the groups because they meet them and they're not sure if they're hostile or or what the situation is it's only i think eight episodes of the first season and some of them are like 35 minutes some of them are like 45 so this it's not too long to uh, to get through i'm not sure if it's been renewed for a second season but uh it's certainly room for a second season yeah so it, uh, yes it has it's been renewed oh, for a cool. second season it's cool. um is it subtitled because it's a danish drama isn't it i think you can actually have it in English and I didn't find the dubbing to be that bad oh, okay. I remember when I, I remember when I watched uh, Dark on Netflix and the dubbing was all sort of out of sync and everything mm. um, but it seems to be better I I, I I was fine with it anyway so I watched it in uh, in English okay that was quite good so that's the first season which is now finished uh, a show which I started House of Lies have you Ye- heard of that before yes yes I'm yeah. aware of that show it's, it's already run hasn't it yeah 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 it's finished it's five seasons uh, but they got the box sets on on 
now TV. Mm. Um, it's a bit like if you struggled with billions in the way that I did, maybe it's a bit, it, it's sort of that financial kind of group yeah. firm sort of thing, but much, much simpler. They do get into some nitty gritty stuff, but you can usually tell if they're doing well or, or not. And it's yeah. this group of like five people. One of them is played by uh, Kristen Bell from, from The Good Place. Yes. Um, who I liked from that show as well. And it's got the guy who plays War Machine. Uh, Don Cheadle. Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, he, he play he plays a guy called Marty in the show. He's sort of the the main character, and he's got his family and the the drama and the comedy that come from there. And then these uh, there's these two other guys. One of them's called Doogie or Dougie. Um, I can't remember the other guy's name, but they're usually trying to flirt with the women and do all this other sort of like comedic sort of stuff. And they like take the mick out of each other and and that, they're like a, they're the good sort of uh, comedy duo for, yeah. for the show. And then they of course uh, have some chemistry with the other two as well. Yeah, so it's basically like if you took billions made it a bit more of a comedy and simplified sort of the firm stuff yeah i made it like a 30 minute comedy so it it, it helped me to get on with it better because i was like okay i don't understand everything these characters are saying but i can understand more if they're doing well in their transition yeah. Yeah. transactions or whatnot so i finished the first season yesterday I, I really quite got into it and then i thought hey i'll just uh finish the first season so yeah i'm looking forward to the rest of that and i know it's completed it won't be cancelled or anything so uh, yes. I'm looking forward to finishing it that should be quite fun yeah Assassin's Creed Origins I uh, started again okay. well, I don't mean started again that's not what I mean started playing it again because I started the uh, two DLC levels right okay uh, one of them is called the hidden ones which takes place I think what you're supposed to do is finish the game then play the hidden ones because it sort of takes what happens at the end of Origins and continues that but right. like four years later it's a it's a strange thing okay um, it doesn't seem like four years has passed in what happens but it's clear that some time has passed and like the creed of the assassins has been developed and everything um, but you right. take control of Bayek again and you uh, do missions with your creed and stuff um, and with uh, his wife again and everything because she kind of uh, separated off that's not really much of a spoiler because it sort of happens at the start right? because they don't really work together much they just sort of see each other and stuff um, but like when, when one of them hears that the other's in danger they'll come and help the other one out or something so I played that was actually quite short the first uh, DLC and then there's another one called The Curse of the Pharaohs which is a bit more like you're facing these sort of not demon kind of things but these sort of special kind of uh, enemies that have all these weird powers and stuff uh, and they're very difficult to fight especially in the boss fighters as well they make these sort of strange kind of noises they're clearly not completely human so <laughs> right. uh, some Hence the curse of the pharaohs. This curse has done whatever it has to them. Yeah. Um, I haven't finished. I don't know the entire story yet because I haven't actually finished the DLC. So there's probably more of an explanation as to why it happened. But yeah, it's essentially this group of like really deadly villains. And during like the first cutscene when they come in, it just shows this this thing just going and killing loads of loads of people. And then Bayek's like, oh, I have to fight this thing now. Right. Um, so yeah, that was quite good. Uh, I haven't finished it yet, so I'll I'll see what it's like towards the end. There's four boss fights I found out yesterday. Okay. Uh, and I did the second one yesterday. They're not easy, but it's one of them things where if you work out the rhythm of the enemy, you can sort of do it. It just takes a bit of time. Right, yeah, so, yeah. 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 Uh, so that's been quite good. Really like what they did with, with Origins and the new um, the new sort of system that they had for the combat and everything. Cause, uh, I haven't I haven't the, tried it yet. I, I kind of fell a bit out of love with the Assassin's Creed games. Okay. And, uh, but Origins, I may go to it once the prices started to drop now. So I may go and, uh, I may go and pick up 
up a copy. Yeah, because Origins is a good place to, like like you said, if you did fall off Assassin's Creed, because the story kind of fell off as well. Yeah. Because um, they basically abandoned the original plot and now they're going down some other route. But yeah, Origins is a good place to, to jump back in. And it looks like Odyssey is doing similar things, but we'll yes. talk about that in a bit. But no, I'm really happy with, with what they did with Assassin's Creed. So Good. Going to TV stuff, Cloak & Dagger has had three episodes so far. It had a double premiere and then yeah. it had uh, another episode last week. Quite good. I didn't like episode three that much. I didn't like the whole jumping back and forth with time stuff. Um, right. But I felt like I felt like the first two episodes did a good job of setting up the characters and still leaving mysteries to like, how do their powers work? How did they get them? Do they, can they like, because I heard that they can work together in some sort of way. Yes. Um, but of course they haven't like realized that yet. Um, but it's that thing of the, the heroes working out their powers and how they work and what they can and can't do and stuff. So yeah, uh, I've quite enjoyed that so far. I'm enjoying it. It's a little slow. I, a little I bit, yeah. I, you know, I could do with, with them speeding it up a little bit more, but there is an awful lot of them trying to work out their powers and that seems to have got stretched out quite a lot but overall as a show i'm enjoying it it's a bit like uh what you're what you're talking about next uh the i i felt uh <laughs> Run, runaways yeah. was also uh runaways was another one that i felt stretched things out a little bit in places as well enjoyable series but it stretched things out yeah i quite like runaways as well uh it's kind of similar a bit more of a group ensemble sort of sense yeah um as all like going to the same school and stuff together because i don't think cloak and dagger they go to like the same school but they're not in the same class or, or something i'm not even um, sure that i mean I, the girl yeah. barely seems to go to school anyway so right, right. <laughs> Yeah, um, but they keep talking about sort of randomly meeting up and stuff. So yeah. they're not exactly in the same class or anything. But yeah. Um, yeah, and I don't mind the whole like teenager high school kind of thing. No. Uh, maybe I just relate to it at my age a bit more or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's been quite good. The Runaways has been good. They did take their time to get to the whole actual runaway yeah. bit of the story. Um, but I like what I really like what they've set up at least with the first season, with them all having their powers and realizing what their parents are up to, and uh, yeah. essentially being on the run. You know. Yeah. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with that in the second season, as they've like properly set everything up now, and they're used to their at least somewhat used to their powers. They'll probably discover more things as they go across. I mean, even in like season four of the Flash. Barry's still working out new things with his powers and everything. True. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how how they they will develop together and stuff. I've not like read the comics or anything, so I have no idea like what could be on the way. And stuff. no, I've not read the comics either. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I agree. I mean, it's they've set it up into a nice place for a second season. It just took a very very long time to get to mm-hmm. to that point, which yeah. Uh, yeah, it basically took the entire first season to get to. The, to that point mm-hmm. Where, Dug is the same amount of episodes isn't it I, I think, think so yeah. Well. yeah yeah so it looks like that might do similar things, but just with two people instead of yeah, like five or six. So yeah, both of them have been, have been pretty good. So apart from E3 stuff, that's all from my from my list. Yeah, so a couple of new shows. I mean, it, it's been a very slow week on sort of TV and because a lot of things have sort of ended and stuff. So it's mm. been slow news-wise and it's also freed up a bit of time for me to watch movies as well this week. So TV-wise though, Carter, which is a new show that's on Alibi, stars Jerry O'Connell as an actor that basically has a meltdown you find out sort of he's a fellow actor has been sleeping with his wife or girlfriend and he sort of goes and punches him on a red carpet event and (laughs) and and ends up ends up going to he's Canadian and ends up going sort of home to Canada that's sort of the the setup he plays a police detective on tv and he ends up going back to his 
other house that he has in Canada and it turns out that one of his housekeepers is who looks after the house when he's not there is in trouble and he gets involved with the local police who went to, and the detective in charge is somebody that he went to school with and his old school friends so it's it ends up with them kind of teaming up and solving the case together it's got very much a feel of shows like Castle to it okay it has that sort of feel to it there's a little bit of sort of you know there, there's this little core group that kind of knew each other as kids so it's not exactly the same as as castle but it is sort of an outsider coming in and helping out the police it's that sort of idea but uh, jerry o'connell is very watchable in it i i found it a, a sort of good fun 45 minute procedural it's those sort of things that american tv does quite well so um or canadian tv I, I this i think actually is a canadian show but it's that sort of it's that sort of show that they do quite well over there so uh that's quite enjoyable if you like those sort of police procedurals that are kind of dramedy sort of things carter's quite a good one to go and watch legion i've been watching as well i actually left it and ended up binge watching my way through about five episodes this week because it's the finale coming up i think this week huh. and i i mean i adored the first season of legion the second season has been good but i think they've ratcheted up the weirdness to a point where it's being detrimental to the overall plot in places it's got slightly strange for the sake of being strange and the weirdness is sort of battling to get a coherent story through to me in places so they need to dial that down a little bit though it was always a very fine line and they they walked it brilliantly with season one i think they've slightly tipped over a bit with season two hopefully that'll get rectified again with season three because it is coming back for another season i think but um I've been enjoying it, but it is getting increasingly more difficult to follow it this second season, which would be fine if it was all still interesting. But there are points where I find myself wanting to kind of look at my phone and I was just like, you know, this is just weird for the sake of being weird, you know? So, yeah, I'd like to see them just pull it back a little bit and push the plot up a little bit, but we'll see where it goes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I haven't even started season two yet because I just had a bunch of CW stuff and... yeah. All that to finish, but now, well, that, that, those, now that those shows have uh, mostly finished, I'll uh, start it soon. Yeah, that was that was my sort of thing. Was there was too much other stuff on for me to mm. to just keep watching it regularly. So, and that's also a sign that I wasn't enjoying it as much because if I had been, I would have stayed to watch it weekly. But um, I went back to it and sort of binge my way through about five episodes, and and uh, yeah, I'm now caught up for the finale this week. I mean, I'm, I remember when I was behind on uh, Riverdale season two for the first half, and then yeah. I remember. Uh, during like that slow Christmas period, I uh, watched like all the nine episodes, not all at once. That's how that's um, I caught up with the nine episodes and enjoyed it so much more. And then I remember just that sort of following through and enjoying the second half even mm. more as well. So sometimes it's better to, to leave things and, and let them build up a bit because yeah. you might enjoy them. So yeah, no, um, I, d- I did the same thing with Riverdale. I, mm. I left Riverdale and, and, it, and ended up binge watching it, and I actually did enjoy where they took it. It was just mm-hmm. you know too many things on at the same time. I, think. I remember when I did actually catch up and then it was weekly and I'm like, I want a bit more at once, you know, so <laughs> some some shows are better suited for, for catching yeah, up. Absolutely. Stuff, so. Yeah, I caught a couple of movies this week. Uh, War for the Planet of the 
Apes, which I know has been around quite a while. I just hadn't got around to watching it. I haven't seen that either. Uh, yeah. Directed by Matt Reeves, who is going on to do the Batman movie next. I really enjoyed it. I mean, it's a, it's a solid ending to a, a very good trilogy that mm. from very kind of humble beginnings with the, uh, was it Rise was the second one and uh, Dawn was the first one, wasn't it? So, I think so. Um, yeah. Dawn was kind of this interesting start of you seeing, you know, how the apes first develop and then, you know, Rise saw the, you know, them form into groups and you saw them develop further and this is kind of a full out battle for the planet between the humans and the apes. Thoroughly enjoyable and uh, really beautifully directed by Matt Reeves and I hope they don't kind of drag the franchise on now. I would like to see it just stop there and them not necessarily do any more with it not in this format unless you had unless you did it if you picked it up again with the sort of big time jump so you've got the apes properly more evolved into humans or and it, it moved more into the position that the original movies were mm-hmm. maybe if you did did it that way but i think you know we've we've got to a a suitable end point with that trilogy i hope they don't end up dragging it out anymore there's the uh the video game that came out it's a bit of a uh, narrative driven sort of thing okay. um, I don't really know that much about it um, no. I think it's to do with the play link or, or, or something like that um, but it I looks quite know. good so. okay. I also went to the cinema to see Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom which uh, we wizard, uh, We went on Saturday night I went with a friend went Saturday night perfectly fun couple of hours in the cinema watching dinosaurs chase down <laughs> and eat people pretty much doesn't quite go where I expected it to go they actually okay. they spend a little less time on the island than I thought they would because you know obviously the the basic premise is they are going back to the island because the volcano on the island has become active and is about to explode and they want to save the dinosaurs that's basically the premise of it and they don't actually spend as much time on the island as as i kind of thought so you you're back in jurassic world with sort of things broken and you know things being destroyed and the dinosaurs are loose all over the island but i really i really enjoyed it i thought it was great fun i'm sure there are plot holes in it that you could drive a t-rex through if you if you actually started to pick it apart but you know in the moment i i enjoyed it and it was fun and it's an entertaining way to spend a couple of hours on a sort of saturday evening as a sort of proper Mm -hmm. proper popcorn movie one of the reasons that i wanted to go and see that is because the game i'm currently playing is jurassic world evolution which is uh you as i've mentioned numerous times before you know how much i love games that allow you to build stuff and Mm -hmm. um this is essentially it's it's made by Frontier, who are the guys that made another game which I really loved called Planet Coaster, which was a roller coaster theme park building game where you could kind of completely build your own theme parks. And it's the same guys making Jurassic World Evolution, which sort of makes sense because you're essentially in control of a bunch of different Jurassic World parks or Jurassic parks um, mm-hmm. split across like five or six islands. And you are breeding dinosaurs. Of You can kind of mess with the DNA sequences to build bigger and better and different types of dinosaurs and changing the skins and stuff it's a fun base for a game I think it could do with a little bit more development. Uh, you know, there are are things that you can do in something like Planet Coaster, which admittedly has been around a lot longer and there's been DLC and that sort of stuff. But th- there are there are things with the way that Planet Coaster works that could have done with being kind of pulled over into Jurassic World 
in terms of how the just how things like shops work the staffing system is fairly basic but overall it's quite good fun being able to play around with the dinosaurs and you get kind of missions off various people of of sort of telling you to uh, you know breed particular types of dinosaurs or you know sometimes you get told that you need to put two particular ones in a pen that you know are going to fight each other so um it's quite good fun and i am really enjoying it and it's you know occasionally they'll get grumpy and escape and you've got to kind of go and hunt them down or somebody will sabotage something and leave and the gates will all open so you've got to go and round up the dinosaurs and tranquilize them and put them all back so um it's worth getting it is good fun i am looking forward to them releasing some dlc to it though because i think it's got a lot of potential to expand and and add a lot more bits to it i think as the uh, as time goes by but um worth getting i think i watched Jurassic world yesterday i thought it i agree with you is yeah quite fun um just a fun sort of two-hour dinosaur kind of thing watching yeah. chris pratt trying to survive with uh, the other characters so, yes yeah and i did i went in not expecting anything else really and i was uh, pretty happy with it so yeah yeah, um, I think that's right. And, uh, Don't need- yeah, the, the plot was a little bit interest- more interesting than I thought it would be. Yeah, obviously, yes, they go and try and rescue the dinosaurs and things yeah. aren't, aren't what they seem, but I, I think that's implied in the trailer as well. But um, thoroughly enjoyable. Don't expect too much from it. It is basically a big you know, Saturday night popcorn movie, but uh, really good fun. The other thing, of course, that has been happening this week is E3. And uh, mm. seeing as you're far more of a gaming person than I, I thought we'd uh, <laughs> we'd go through some of the uh, E3 stuff as well. So uh, we're going to move on to an E3 segment next. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. So E3 was last week. They had uh, lots of different presentations from various gaming companies and the, all the various gaming platforms as well. For me, Bethesda were the ones that really stood out. I thought they they introduced a solid bunch of games. EA were pathetic, pretty much. Yeah, I yeah. Interesting stuff in uh, Microsoft. Ubisoft have a couple of interesting bits. The PS4 panel was. I I didn't see all the panels in all the bits. I watched some of the Microsoft one and I watched the Bethesda one and then I kind of caught little bits of some of the others what stood out for you well it wasn't quite in the PlayStation presentation but I associated more with PlayStation Crash Bandicoot next Friday is going to be released on Xbox Switch and Steam it's already out on the PS4 of course it came out uh, last year and they did a previous uh, Stormy Ascent level it's basically um, a level from Crash Bandicoot one that they cut from the original because they said it might be Ah. actually like too difficult Uh, so they included that for free which will be included uh, when you get the newest versions. Um, okay. And if you have the PlayStation 1, you can just go and download it for free from the store. Oh, cool. Um, but they're adding a second level called Future Tense. It's supposed to take inspiration from the other futuristic levels and also a waterfall-type level that got cut. Um, okay. Wh- whether we'll see that level as well pop up in the future is, is possible because I heard that was a Crash 2 level that they were going to do. Um, and seeing as they've done DLC for Crash 1 and 3, it might make sense that they do this water level. 
available for yeah. uh, Crash 2, maybe eventually. Yeah. Um, but that's going to be included as well. Uh, basically, when you get the new versions of the of the Switch or the Steam or the uh, the Xbox version, uh, the two DLC levels will be included. So, oh, cool. yeah, you'll know uh, how much I uh, really, really like Crash. Yes. Um, and I'm going to be playing the games again on Xbox and Switch when they, when they come out. And uh, I'll certainly be doing this new Future Tense level. Um, it's the first new piece of content for the Crash trilogy in over 20 years, of course, because they've been out that long. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's a new, like, completely fresh uh, Crash stuff from the original game which is really cool i noticed at the start um because there's like a minute or so of gameplay up on youtube there's probably the whole level somewhere but i didn't look that far into it yeah so i do want some surprise yeah of course uh they've got this thing where um in the other futuristic level from crash 3 they've got like these escalators that go back and forth um at the start of this level they've got it so that they're going left and right whether there'll be more of them later or they'll do some other remix with it as well um that would be really cool but yeah it's not just a level of course you've got the gems you've got the uh, time trials which is the most difficult thing and then you've got the other crystals and stuff as well so I think there's there's two gems I don't know if there is a crystal for this one but there's the time trial as well so that will probably keep uh, me busy because it will probably take me a few hours to do the time trial yeah. thing because uh, of course you've got to get familiar with the level to, in order to do that in the yeah. first place yeah so. of course yeah, quite quite a lot to do from just one level, so I'm really looking forward to, to seeing how all that plays out. Yeah. Uh, but no, that would be really fun. Dying Light 2, that was a nice surprise. I just hadn't really thought about Dying Light that much. Um, it was a 2015 or 16 zombie game that uh, came out, and it was essentially, if you take like the parkour and stuff from Mirror's Edge and mix it with, like I don't know, Left 4 Dead or something, um, yeah. it was sort of like that. So it's a parkour sort of zombie game where you're jumping around and stuff uh, and using different weapons and things. It's getting a sequel, which is quite nice. It takes place, I think, like five or ten years. I can't remember the, the time length that they said, but it's some sort of time jump where uh, some sense of some kind of society has been established. Um, and there's a whole big deal about like the control for water and stuff. Um, and at some point in the game, you'll be asked like which side to choose between. And that will, de- that will determine which side of which factions get access to the water. Because, of course, that's a massive resource. So that's quite important. Yeah. But no, I'm looking forward to jumping back into that world. It's just it's interesting that I, I hadn't thought about that game at all and I wasn't really expecting mm. a sequel anytime soon and it was like here's Dying Light 2 I was like oh yeah I really enjoyed the first one there's a, there's a second one so yeah really looking forward to that did you ever play Dying I Light didn't 1? no it's, okay. it is available on PC and um, I didn't so. realise yeah. there was parkour elements in it I just I got a bit sick of zombie games when it kind of came out uh, and yeah there's a million and one zombie games out there right now most of them are sort of survival things so I sort of avoided it but uh, you can get it quite cheaply on Steam at this point point so Probably. with, with all the couple of years yeah so, and it's got yeah. a bunch of dlc and and extra stuff with it now so uh, maybe one that if it, it's on a reasonable sort of price and i can get like a a game of the year edition that's got everything in it for a reasonable price i might go and pick up a copy of mm-hmm. the first one but no that was a big surprise as well and then a nice surprise as well but something i was expecting a bit more um ubisoft are doing a new trials game if you're not familiar with those it's essentially like a 2d balance your bike while you go through a level kind oh, of thing got you. and you yeah, can yeah. like crash all over the place and, and whatever they even did this stunt thing where uh, the guy who was presenting they had these like wooden slats and stuff and he like fell onto them um, of course like on purpose to to make fun of the whole like hilarious ways you can crash and all that sort of stuff in, in yeah. the game uh, and then it was like Troll, Trolls Rising is coming I really like the first three games which was Trolls HD Evolution and Fusion Fusion was like a futuristic type one right? and then they did Trolls of the Blood Dragon which I've said a lot of times on my podcast that I really didn't like they basically tried to, tried to make 
remake of Charles game and mix it with Far Cry and it just, it just <laughs> didn't work and I didn't like it at right. all. But no, this is going back to basic sort of just trials, just good old sort of level platforming and, and all that sort of stuff. So I'm really, okay. I'm really happy about that as well. So, yeah. uh, cause I was afraid that they might try and mix it with something else like Splinter Cell or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but no, they're, they're going back to a basic trials game, which I'm, I'm very happy with. Uh, yes. It's going to be out on Switch as well. So that's, oh, okay. uh, that's quite nice. Yeah. It looks, looks um, like the type of game that will work well on a Switch actually. Yeah. Maybe they'll put the, uh, the other ones on there in the future. Who yeah. Knows? So, did I talk about Odyssey? I didn't talk about Assassin's Creed Odyssey, did I? Have you got it noted down? Yeah, I I've yeah. got, but you probably know a lot more about it than I okay. do because, like I say, I haven't so, been following it very so much. So it's going to take the engine from Origins, which I said was like the, the refreshed right. version, that makes and, sense. and the new one. Yeah. Um, it's not going to include Bayek, but maybe his story is concluded no, in this DLC. It's set in uh, yeah. set in ancient Greece, hundreds of years before Origins. Apparently, mm-hmm. the the notes that I have said uh, set in Greece, hundreds of years before origins two character options male and female alexos and cassandra mm. there's no hidden blade in this version which is a, is a new thing i think for assassin's creed so you've not got the yeah, like the, the hand blade but you do have the broken spear of leonardus who is the the historic king of spain um mm. multiple choice dialogue and romance options and the other thing they've got is you can fight everybody but your actions will have consequences as to what happens in the world of all around you um which is an interesting idea if that happened in origins i'd probably be in a lot of trouble because i (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's interesting because that's never been a thing in assassin's creed before where like getting into a group and like let's say you get a new weapon you just want to try it on a new group of of uh soldiers or something sounds like you won't be able to do that but there'll be like risk and reward to it possibly so yeah i mean like with the new dialogue options and stuff that's something they've never done before either Mm. um so maybe they're trying to take some good cues from like mass effect and stuff it sounds like they're trying to put a bit more rpg element into it which Mm -hmm. is uh because that's the sort of thing that you get in an rpg game which i i think think uh not necessarily a bad thing i don't think for those sort of things because one of the things that slightly bored me about assassin's creed was it is just running around and stabbing a lot of people quite often yeah, and, yeah it, uh, it did get to that point where it was like this is all this is now so yeah so yeah. you know throwing a, f- a bit more rpg into it is not a bad thing as well it's going coming quite fairly quickly as well it's uh october 5th but i guess yeah. that makes sense if it's using the same engine so mm. you know because they, they took a year off didn't they to like yeah. redo stuff because nobody liked the games anymore so they're like yeah. okay we'll take a year off we'll fix things and then they did the chronicles games and they did the film and stuff so yeah uh, I, I really liked origins so i'm glad that they're using the same engine and stuff of course a new character so he'll be kind of cool to discover he or she i suppose because uh, you'll have the options there yeah but no very 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 happy with that i've I've been really happy with what ubisoft have been doing in the last couple of years and stuff Mm. um a lot of their games have really impressed me so yeah they keep uh they keep making me happy which is good yeah and ubisoft Uh, have got a beyond good and evil 2 coming as well which i'm very interested because i loved loved the first one of that Uh, the second one is uh another open world (laughs) rpg take control of a customizable pirate which i'm guessing is jade because they're saying jade is back who's the main person in the uh, yeah. original game complete missions on various planets and upgrade to enhance their character along the way which is basically what the first game did 
but in a very kind of basic way whereas this is obviously going to be much more integral and complex and and uh, but it's a wonderful bunch of characters it's a really interesting world it sounds like that's going to be next year at the earliest but I, i'm still looking forward to that i think that should mm-hmm. be wonderful some bits and pieces of it look a little bit ratchet and clank-esque and i really liked those games um yeah, so yeah it looks like it looks like something i'll definitely be there interested is, in there's a sort of a, it's kind of an rpg if it's anything like the first one there's sort of rpg elements but there is some of that sort of third person kind of running around Mario Ratchet and Clank type stuff going on as well so yeah last thing I've got is uh, Ori in the Will of the Wisps it was announced last year but they showed uh, some more of it off Ori in the Blind Forest was the first one it's probably available on PC and Xbox it's possibly available on the Game Pass I'm not 100% sure but it probably will be at some point okay but yeah I, I really really liked the first one it was a really well done game and this looks like basically an evolved version of it which is what a sequel should do is take the original idea and evolve it and uh, make things better. I remember a sequence from the first one and it was like one of the fastest bits of gameplay I'd, I'd ever done. It was this sort of waterfall part and you had to just keep jumping up and up and it was uh, it was very challenging. So it's a little bit of Microsoft's sort of platformer thing. There's not really, yeah. Ori's not really a mascot yet as opposed to like Mario or Crash, but uh, maybe I could get there one day. Um, yeah. But yeah, I've been very, very impressed with what they've been doing with that. That's coming out next year. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, lots of stuff to, to look forward to. It's um, a very beautiful looking side. I've not played yeah, it, is, it, but it is yeah. a very beautiful looking side scroll platformer thing, basically, isn't it? So uh, just looking at videos of it, it's uh, it, it's very pretty. Yeah, I'm, I'm finding that more that when new gameplay stuff for most games come out, the first thing people point out is how how good things look because it's just getting it's just getting better and better. So yeah, 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 that should be so. Fun. For me, there was a few things that stood out. As I said, the Bethesda panel was the one I was really interested in because we knew there was a new Fallout game coming for Fallout 76 um, mm-hmm. called 76 because it's based on Vault 76 which is one of the few Fallout vaults or Vault-Tec vaults which wasn't messed with by Vault-Tec because Vault-Tec tend to have this this habit of experimenting on the occupants of the that are kind of locked in these vaults and uh, 76 was a control vault so they basically left it alone and it functioned as a vault should have done as in it protected people uh, <laughs> rather than you know turning them against each other or you know depriving them of stuff or whatever mind altering things they used to do to people so um it was uh, built to celebrate the uh, tercentenary which is 300 years of america that was that's sort of the selling point of it it's been like 25 years you've been locked in the vault they've opened the door to let people out and back into the world that seems to be the premise of it there's a lot of changes to the gameplay though it's not going to be a straight normal fallout game uh it is still first or third person role-playing rpg sort of thing but it's going to be entirely online it's um basically multiplayer so you can't play it offline it is multiplayer they are saying you can play on your own but it's better to team up with friends they seem to be saying that there's no npc characters so every other human player you meet will literally be another player they're gonna have multiple servers so you'll be online with dozens not like in a world with hundreds of other people there'll be kind of dozens of other people but you won't actually like see a server list you won't pick a server list it will just drop you in with a bunch of other people the maps full size the size of the fallout 4 map which is 
pretty enormous because the Fallout 4 map was huge. New rendering and lighting technologies was allowed 16 times more detail. It's got six distinct regions, each with their own unique style and risk and rewards. Uh, you can build bases and towns, which is, this is where my ears prick up because I love this sort of stuff. You can build bases <laughs> and towns and you can build them anywhere on the map because with Fallout 4, you were restricted to certain zones and certain size limits. Whereas with this one, you can basically just decide on a plot of land and draw drop a town or base down. Um, You can do this on your own or you can build it with friends. It's described as a survival game because obviously all fallouts have basically been survival games. Uh, Mm. It's described not as hardcore but as softcore survival. So if you die, you're not going to like lose a bunch of stuff in your progression and that sort of thing. So dying has less consequence. Various new activities that you can play in groups like on the demo reel, they show a group of people playing a bunch of musical instruments together which look quite fun. Uh, There's going to be new monsters as you'd expect because it's a new game i mean one of the weird things is there are a bunch of nuclear bunkers that are apparently scattered around the map so if you find all the nuclear codes to a bunker which you can either find on your own or it maybe you've got one and a couple of other people have, have found them if you then club together with that group you can set off the nukes or i mean or you could protect the nuclear base if you want nobody else to set it off but you can uh, set off the nukes and fire them at other people's bases. <laughs> so it's being released as well quite early it's november 14th this year it's coming apparently uh, there's a special edition version of it which is going to have a full-sized working in air quotes power armor helmet which has like a light on it and it's, it's going to be like the standard power arm, armor helmet which is fairly good as a special edition it's about 200 quid but it's you know very cool um the only thing that slightly bothers me about this is the fact that multiplayer is okay but if I've spent hours and hours and hours building a big base and then some jerk can come along and just like attack it or blow it up or drop a nuke on it, that doesn't seem like very much fun to me. So the multiplayer element of it worries me a little bit that it's going to be kind of that sort of side of things just bother me slightly. Yeah, I don't like the way that sounds either. I, I have heard that you can get some sort of blueprint fuel base and stuff and you can kind of like rebuild it fairly quickly i don't okay. know how all that would work but i'm guessing you um, need resources one thing they are yeah. saying is they might have microtransaction things in there but if they do it's going to be from cosmetic stuff you won't be able to like buy a bunch of you know high-end weapons or <laughs> anything like that yeah. which i think is fine you know if people want to spend money on having flashy new hats or whatever it is that's perfectly okay as yeah. long as it doesn't yeah. give them an advantage so yeah i'm very happy to have a new game in the fallout world the whole thing about not having npc characters that slightly bothers me the idea that i can spend ages kind of building a base and then it can all get blown up like you say if they've got blueprints and it gets blown Mm -hmm. up and i can rebuild it as long as it's not going to take me like you know 20 hours to recollect all the various bits i need to rebuild the base every time which would be annoying um Mm. So I don't know. I want to see how it works first, but it's an interesting idea. Part of me would have liked a nice, big, story-driven 
new Fallout game. Yeah, you me know? too. I would have, I would have preferred that as well because uh, I think some people might just kind of mess around in this. I know that's kind yeah. of the idea, but I mean in more of a silly way where they're just like, yeah, I mean, up games and stuff. Like with the Elder Scrolls Online, which is their other big online game, the Elder Scrolls Online has a bunch of NPC characters. You can basically play that without teaming up with anybody else, and you can play that sort of three solo and have a perfectly fun time playing. You know, missions which are given to you by various NPC characters. With this, it seems a bit like them trying to cash in on the sort of Fortnite era stuff of building bases and other people trying to blow them up. And if that's all it is, that's a little bit disappointing. Yeah. Because it's always, Fallout to me has always been about story and plot. And so, I don't know, we'll see. The other thing they announced was a, a new Elder Scrolls game called Blades, which is a uh, massive first-person RPG. You play with a member of the Blades, who are the the, the sort of protectors of the king. Basically, they were sort of king's guard uh, who've have been around in various forms in various different games. He's returning to his hometown to find it in a sort of very sorry state. You travel through handcrafted and procedurally generated dungeons to gain funds to rebuild the town however you see fit. So you basically take control control of sort of mayor of this town and as you go on quests to get more money and more stuff you can use it to rebuild the town and shape it however you want you'll also be able to visit your friends towns as well and it's also a mobile game which is probably the most important thing it's a mobile game you can play apparently in portrait or landscape mode part of this they sort of demoed showing somebody sat in a meeting playing with it on their phone as sort of you know because the problem is it's really obvious that you play a game if you've got it in landscape mode if you've got it in portrait mode you can kind of do it with the one hand and nobody knows that you're playing a game in the middle of that meeting so yeah. so that was sort of their <laughs> argument they're also planning to bring it to other devices as well so it's quite possible it'll end up on things like the uh, switch it might end up on desktop it might end up on other things they are saying it will work in vr as well which is really quite interesting so potentially mm-hmm. if you've got like a um, google vr headset or if you've got like a Samsung VR headset, something like that, it should work in that. And if you're in the VR version, it will connect directly to towns and stuff that people have built in the non-VR version. So they're completely cross-compatible by the sound of it. That really sounds quite interesting, particularly for a mobile game. It looked very impressive on mobile. And uh, it's coming in the autumn and it's apparently going to be free, which probably means there's a bunch of microtransactions in it. But uh, yeah, the base game yeah. is apparently going to be free, which I thought mm-hmm. was kind of interesting. But again, we'll see how it works and see what what's uh, going on with that. And uh, Elder Scrolls Six is in development was the other mm-hmm. Elder Scrolls news, which they really didn't give us any more information than that other than there was a little trailer of it flying over <laughs> one of the regions of Elder Scrolls very difficult to tell which one with Elder Scrolls 6 as a title so that's something to look forward to at least we know there is a new one of those coming and Starfield was the other thing they announced which is a brand new IP it's the first new IP they've had in 25 years it's an epic space sci-fi game there's absolutely no other news about it other than it's a new IP it's presumably going to be some form of rpg and it's set in space which i'm all up for because that's something they've not done 
yet. You know, they've done the kind yeah. of dystopian post-apocalyptic. They've done. Oh, did you did you play um, Prey? That's that was kind of a space survival. Sort yeah, of it sort of is. Game. And I I, yeah. I played the very not not the most recent first one, the kind of very original version of Prey. I played, and mm-hmm. uh, I haven't played the the later ones yet. But um, mm-hmm. that that I think could be kind of interesting. In terms of other games companies, uh, EA, as I said, was there. I didn't really watch much of their stuff because I hate EA as a company. Um, The completely undersold Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which basically, as as I understand it, they basically had a guy sat in in the audience who was working on the game that basically said, oh yeah, we've got this coming. And that was pretty much all we had for about that game. Yeah, Andrea Renee went over to interview him and she was like, oh, well, can you tell us about this new Star Wars game? And he said, like, it's between episodes three and four and it's called the new uh yeah, sorry, fallen fallen order. um and that was kind of it and it's like this is a weird way to talk about probably the almost anticipated game i know i know a lot of people looking forward to anthem but this yeah. is star wars it's like yeah so that's a very weird way they don't know how to do presentation they really don't no, EA. it was um horrendous. especially when you especially when you make a 10 minute segment for command and conquer which might be a big game but like this is e3 it's not there's not a stage where you show a full match of a mobile game and yeah. like yeah show a whole match because they they came out and said oh is this command and conquer and then the guy was like should we play a full match and then uh they're like, yeah, uh, let's do that, and then they went on for like ten minutes, and it was like that. Yeah, that, yeah. that seems a bit yeah. overkill, particularly it, for yeah. a mobile game. I mean, I, I know Command and Conquer's, you know, will have a big fan base, and you know, mobile makes perfect sense for a game like that. But I, yeah, that seems yeah. like a bit over. Yeah, a bit strange. Where like they've got the games, I think they they've got those, but like the way their their business management and stuff and their presentation, both of those things just are, are terrible. Suck. But it's, it's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, you've got. Anthem and Star Wars and all those other things and your sports games is like you've got the games you just don't exactly know what to do with them so yeah am I right in um, thinking Anthem's kind of their answer to Destiny yeah yeah it sort of seems like that yeah. um, but a bit more single player than what Destiny was right okay in some sense but yeah it seems like their kind of their apology for Mass Effect and their Destiny kind of thing yeah so I mean I didn't see much of the Anthem thing it's something I need to look into a bit more because I mean I love Bioware I just hate what EA, EA have done to mm-hmm. Bioware. Um, oh, with, with Anthem, they showed like I know they showed quite a lot of concept Anthem. art and stuff, and then yeah. they did like a five minute interview, and they 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 showed some gameplay, but not as much as they probably could have. So mm. it's like, yeah, we're gonna save Anthem for the end of the show, but then we're gonna talk about it. Yeah. So so yeah, there was crap like, Star Wars. So. Uh, yeah, I I wish they'd have the Star Wars licensing taken off them because they've done horrendous <laughs> things with that. Um, and there's a new version of Battlefield coming as well, and that sort of thing. But <laughs> over on Microsoft, a couple of interesting things that they announced. On the Microsoft stage, uh, Halo Infinite, which is the sixth game in the franchise, set to bring back Master Chief. I hadn't even realised Master Chief, Master Chief had gone because uh, apparently he had, but apparently he's now back because I kind of dropped away from the Halo games a very long time ago. Yeah, so I, yeah, I don't know what they mean by bring back because he was in the last one. No, I, don't he? I don't think he went anywhere. So, oh, but okay. hey, he, I guess it's saying yeah, he is in this game. So yes, so well, yeah, which is fine. And more Halos, perfectly okay with me. It's a fairly solid franchise. Uh, 
It's, it's, it's wobbled a little bit in places, but, uh, you know. Yeah, five overall. was quite bad. Yeah. But the other four, four are really good, so. Yeah. Uh, um, the other big game that I'm really excited for, though, is Cyberpunk 2077, which is from CD Projekt Red, who are yeah. the team behind The Witcher. And, I I mean, we both adored Witcher 3, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's one of the best, best games of all time. Yeah, it is. It's Probably. absolutely yeah. superb, perfect RPG that I mean it took them a long time to get to that point I mean it took them two games previously to get to the the point of the perfection that was that but you know so I'm very interested in this interestingly uh, they're saying it's an FPS RPG so it's first person RPG rather than third person RPG which I thought is is kind of interesting and that's a difference from something like The Witcher so uh, you won't be able to pull out behind the character which is is intriguing they haven't got a release date for it yet other than and it will be sometime they allege before 2021. But that's fine. CD Projekt Red have this idea of basically it'll be done when it's done, which I think is perfectly sensible. I'd yeah. rather they did that released a half-finished game. There was a few of the little bits that came out. You've got things like, uh, it, I mean, it, it's essentially, it's a cyberpunk game, so set in the future, as the title suggests. You are a sort of investigator, I think, in the game. You've got things like spider bots that can be controlled through an optic implant there's an inspection system that helps you learn lore or quest info which sounds like they've slightly nicked that off the Batman Arkham games there's hacking stuff in there a ricochet target system that allows you to bounce bullet off walls I'm sure I've seen that in something else as well um, arm blades wall running double jumping so they've they've nicked that off um, Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you can drive cars and there's going to be vehicle combat so it basically sounds like a big collection of stuff they've nicked from other places to be honest <laughs> but I, that's yeah, fine with, with uh, those elements to like influence basically a sci-fi witcher mm. essentially that, with, like, that's what it sounds like stuff. Yeah, yeah with guns and blades not just blades and yeah. spells and stuff so, uh, but, yeah, but yeah I imagine there'll be like several really cool gadgets there'll probably be a, like a really cool skill tree you can probably mm. do I've listened to some um, sort of coverage of the game from people that played it at E3 because they have various show floor demos and stuff that you can go and do if you're there um, and a lot of people said that the first person thing just didn't affect anything um, and they said that it was still like a great game to, to play through now everything so yeah a sci-fi witcher basically yeah yeah which i'm all up for i think that's yeah. a fantastic idea and then nintendo had a couple of announcements uh fortnite which is now on the nintendo switch you can get that now can't you i think mm-hmm. yeah, yeah i played it um some of it the other i haven't day. downloaded it yet but uh i i will go and have a play with it i've i've not touched fortnite at all i'm aware of yeah. it but i've not touched it. it's, it's worth notice noting at the moment that because basically you sign up with an epic account that's how your um progress yeah gets collected and stuff um if you've been playing on the ps4 you can't link your epic you account to your, to your switch yeah um version you'd have to either like create a new account or wait for it to be so it's hopefully yes. playstation will fix that eventually but if you've been playing on steam or xbox uh then you you'd still be able Fiddly to do your it. account across um yeah. what it basically says is like if, if you log in with your ps4 version in the account it says that like you can't log in basically yeah um and it's, there's not much you can do yes there's a lot of people so, ranting at, at uh, Sony for that. It's um, 
Mm. Yeah, that was badly thought through. And then Super Smash Brothers Ultimate released on December 7th. I, I've never followed the Super Smash Brothers games. <laughs> so I I mean, I'm sure that's lovely, but it's not really something that's massively I mean, I'll interesting. Try, I'll try this one out, see what yeah. it's like. I just never was like in the Nintendo gaming sort of uh, yeah. area when uh, Smash was a big thing. So. Yeah, so PS4, obviously Last of Us 2 was quite a big announcement. But we that either, demo was, we, yeah, they was sh- incredible. They yeah. showed the demo for that probably coming next year, but they haven't officially Hopefully. announced a date yeah. yet for Hopefully. it yet. So it might be, it might be next year, it might be the year after. But I mean, it's been kicking around for a while that, but uh, yeah, the demo video for that looked really good. And um, Marvel Spider-Man, which comes on the uh, 7th, yeah. Yeah. September, which again is another game that's been trailered around for about 18 months so far. So uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to that as well. I don't play the consoles very much, but there are certain games like Last of Us 2 and Spider-Man that I will probably break out the console for, I would think. Mm-hmm. I mean, Spider-Man's really come back in the last couple of years and it's yeah. been... As as a person who really likes the character a lot, yeah, uh, that's that's really good. Like he's back with the Avengers. They've got a new actual teenage guy that's playing him. You've got the yes. animated film that's coming out, the Into the Spider Verse, which looks mm. really really good. And then you've got this game. So yeah, uh, and the game actually looks quite good because some of the Spider Man games have been very sucky. And this <laughs> yeah. one, uh, the you know what what's good about this is they're taking their time over it. They've not rushed it to go out with the you know with the Spider Man Homecoming movie, which was my fear. They've they've kept it. Just decided they're going to get it right which is awesome so yes that looks very cool just over on PC there was a few things that are announced to the PC gaming show but there was one game that just stood out for me more than anything else which is called Maneater an open world action RPG that has you terrorising the coast playing as a gigantic bull shark <laughs> so that's genius features a deep stat system and ability system uh, allows you can customise how you terrorise the coast and there will also be a full revenge themed story so presumably like you know some fishing boat killed your wife or something i don't know um but uh, yeah it, it sounds like wonderfully bizarre and uh, sometimes those games work games work brilliantly well so yes that looked kind of interesting but uh, it's it's an open world action rpg where you play a bull shark it's called man eater one to look out for on the pc sounds a little bit goat simulator-esque it, it does although i think it's yeah. been taken a bit more seriously than the okay. goat simulator yeah. stuff but right. yes yes it does so that's all the stuff for e3 Let's move on to some TV and film news. Only a couple of little bits of TV and film news. Renewals, cancellations and pickups. There is one this week, but it was a fairly major one, as Lucifer has been saved. (laughs) So, um, you know how much I adore Lucifer. Uh, I'm so, so happy that this has got picked up. Netflix have saved it for Series 4, which I think is wonderful, wonderful news. This is, it should always really have been on a streaming service because, I mean, they've talked, you know, after the cancellation, Tom Ellis talked quite a lot about wanting to take the show a lot darker and not being able to do it on network TV, on Fox, because they they just won't allow them to do it. And a lot of the procedural stuff was inflicted on them by the network. So although it's been being saved for a fourth season you might see a lot of 
kind of interesting changes in how it's formatted when it comes over onto Netflix because it opens up a whole new toy box of things they can do on there. Uh, so you might lose some of the procedural stuff. You might get more of an overarching story. You might find that they can go a little bit darker. You can have it a bit more bloody. And uh, yeah, I I like the idea of stuff they can do with this. It should be really cool. Do, do you watch? I, I was going to, and then it got cancelled. Is you right? That's it. Picked up. Yeah. Um, I, I'll I'll go and check it out because uh, I didn't really want to watch a cancelled show, but now that it's been picked up and, and saved, hopefully it'll be move, moved over entirely to Netflix. Hopefully, well, hopefully um, yeah. Um, we, and then I can watch it on there. Yeah, we don't exactly know what's going to happen with that. It's one of the reasons that it's taking so long to sort this out is because of the rights for it. Like Hulu had the streaming rights after Fox in the US. Okay. Internationally, in a lot of places, it was showing on Amazon. In some places, it was showing on Netflix. Like over here, it was airing on Amazon. The guys at Amazon UK were pushing very hard for Amazon to pick it up, apparently. Um, so they're going to be quite upset because they're going to lose it entirely, I suspect. We don't exactly know what's going to happen with season four. Whether the first three seasons will stay on Amazon and then the fourth season will go on to Netflix, that's one possibility. Whether it's a case of, of the first three seasons will move from Amazon to, to Netflix, we don't know. They might be still sorting those deals out internationally, but we do know there is a fourth season coming into development. Exactly where that'll end up, we'll have to find out. I, I mean, I suspect season four, whatever happens, will be on Netflix internationally. It just, we don't know exactly what's going to happen with the first three seasons. So that will be something we'll, we'll bring you more news on that in due course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Robert kind of pitched it to me a bit as like a male version of iZombie, but a bit different. Yeah, as well. yeah, I can I can see where the comparison so. is. Yeah, that, that kind of makes sense as a sort of male version of iZombie okay. to a certain point. Yeah, it's got that sort of same procedural element in it. I think you'd enjoy it. Certainly, given the other type of shows you like, I think you'd definitely enjoy it. <laughs> it it's a fun show. Few of the bigger news stories. Star Trek Discovery has got a different showrunner again. So this is the second time it's changed showrunner. Gretchen Berg and Aaron Halberts, who took over from Brian Fuller, the littlest hobo of uh, executive producers who can't seem to stay at a job. Uh, they they took over from him when he left the project or was booted off the project. Uh, again, it seems that they were productive problems so uh, they're saying that these two have been removed due to leadership and operational issues not creative differences production costs had started to go up there'd been tension in the writers room due to Halbert's apparently verbally abusing one of the staff Um, Um, this resulted in some of the writers threatening to file HR complaints and to quit the show entirely so the person that's taking over from them in Alex Kurtzman who's the co-creator of the series Kurtzman as you probably know the name having written the Star Trek movie and I think he wrote the second one as well he was also co-creator of Sleepy Hollow and a Y50 usually works with um, Roberto Orki on TV projects I mean it makes sense for him to step in because he was the co-creator of the show so he's kind of writing the ship for them now they're apparently in hiatus after the first five episodes which was planned anyway so it, it t- gives him time to sort of sort everything out before comp- properly taking over as showrunner he's going to be doing it solo but they may bring a second person in to help him out along the way they produced a brilliant first season despite all the production problems so i have no doubt that this will not cause 
cause them any problems. I just thought it was kind of interesting that they've gone through another set of showrunners mm. in two seasons already. So yeah, uh, I mean, I was very new to Star Trek, still pretty much am. I've only yeah. seen 15 episodes. Uh, so this was my first sort of proper Star Trek um, series, and I, I thought it gave me a great introduction. So yeah. Yeah, I'm still looking forward to season two. I think they left uh, season one on an, in- on an interesting note. But they did a very good job with the, with the first season. Of course, you've got Sonequa um, in there as the, as the lead. She did a very, very good job. She was so brilliant. I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing her again. So it should hopefully be good. Yeah, it should be. I'm very much looking forward to that. We don't know exactly when that's going to come back other than it's going to be 2019. Expecting so if they're shooting now, it's probably going to be early 2019, I would have okay. thought. Is it definitely 2019 then? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely okay. coming. It's definitely coming next year. But I suspect 2019 will be sort of January 2019. I don't mm-hmm. know that for a fact, but I... Um, that would be my feeling because that would be around about a year after mm. the first So maybe it would be in like a mid-season sort of slot. Or yeah, something. I, I suspect yeah. it'll be in a mid-season sort of slot. Um, I mean, they, it goes out on CBS All Access, so it's on a digital service over there. It's obviously Netflix worldwide as well. So, mm. um, you know, it's not like they have mid-season as such, but it'll be in that sort of area. The other news story I have is uh, Vampire Diaries star Paul Wesley has reteamed with Kevin Williamson, who was the exec producer on Vampire Diaries for Tell Me a Story uh, again for CBS this is this is also coming to CBS All Access we don't know where it's going to end up internationally but uh, tell, tell Me a Story sounded interesting because it's a modern retelling of beloved fairy tales twisted into a dark psychological thriller set in New York City first t- season takes stories such as the Three Little Pigs Little Red Riding Hood and Hansel and Gretel mashing them together into a subversive tale of love loss greed revenge and murder I mean it basically sounds like a more adult orientated version of Once Upon a Time, pretty much. So, I mean, reminds me very much of the Telltale game Wolf Among Us. That's a very similar kind of premise to it as well. Yeah. So, yeah, Wesley will be playing Eddie, a derelict and troubled individual whose petulance is fueled even more by his problems with drug, drugs and alcohol. Though he works as a bartender, he also splits his time as a low-level drug dealer and part-time thief with his older brother Mitch, who never fails to treat Eddie as the lowly delinquent that he is. So it's a very different sort of character. He's uh, also going to be joined by Daniela Campbell, who was on the originals, um, so she has a connection to it as well. She was on Runaways. Billy Magnus, who was on Get Shorty and Black Mirror. Kim Cattrall, who of course was on Sex in the City. So yeah, I mean, it's an interesting sounding show, I think. It sounds sort of fairly dark. Again, it's on you know digital service, CBS All Access, so it means you can be a little bit darker with it than uh, you could potentially be with something that's directly on network TV. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I think that sounds kind of interesting. And yeah. it's an interesting looking cast. So one to keep an eye out for, but that's called Tell Me a Story, that... So that's all the news we've got for this week. We're going to skip the interview, I think, because we're running quite long because of all the E3 stuff. So we're going to move on to some highlights for next week on TV. So highlights for next week. We have Shooter, which is back for its third season with uh, Ryan Philippe. He's uh, starring in it. That's um, 22nd of June that arrives back. I know a lot of people seem to quite like that, but I've never watched it, so I don't know. I watched, I watched the pilot and then I just, I don't know, I didn't go back. I didn't <laughs> dislike it or anything. I just, no, I it know. just didn't grab yeah. you enough to make you want to watch the next episode, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So that's Shooter season three coming to Netflix on the 22nd of June. The last leg, which I absolutely love, Topical 
comedy show with Adam Hills, Alex Brooker and Josh Widdicombe. That's coming back to Channel 4 for its 14th season. That's on the 22nd June at 10pm. Second half of Nashville season 6 and final season. That's coming to Sky Living on the 22nd of June at 9pm. I've never watched any of Nashville, but I know you you really like it. So. Yep, time to say goodbye. Uh, yes. Not in a bad way. It doesn't like need to, to go or anything, but no. uh, they've decided to finish the story. I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing what that even means for this this show. They've got eight more episodes. Cause it's a 16-episode season. They split right. it into two lots of eight. Uh, so they've got one slot of eight left. Um, it ended on an interesting cliffhanger, so I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. Um, but I've really enjoyed the show for the six years it's it's been on. It mm. did get moved around a bit and stuff. But, yeah, it did. It got uh, cancelled. It didn't affect the story too and much and that, but... Yeah. Yeah, it's time to say goodbye. So yeah, six seasons is a good run. I think between yeah, five, yeah. five and seven seasons is a solid run for a series. And if they want yeah. to end it at that point, I you know, and they they're allowed to end it properly, that's fine by me. I think that's perfectly fine. A couple of other big shows starting this week: uh, Luke Cage season two of that uh, sees Mike Coulter back as the titular character. That's on twenty second of June. That arrives, which I'm very much looking forward to because I enjoyed the first season of that. Went with Prison season six of that coming to five. Star, which is running way way behind the uh, US or Australia I think which is where it's originally from 23rd of June at 10pm for that on 5 Star Preacher season 3 of that coming the 25th of June which uh, again great series really enjoy that show so that's coming on the 25th of June looking forward to that and The Affair season 4 of that coming to Sky Atlantic on the 26th of June at 9pm again not somebody something I've watched but I know it's quite popular with people so uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people looking forward to that coming and that's everything for this week unless you've got anything else you want to add I mean there's a lot of cool stuff coming out I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of it and I get to redo the whole nostalgic Crash Bandicoot thing next week again uh, with a new level so um, that'll be really fun as well very cool so if you want to catch Matt you can find me over at entertainmenttalk.org and you can see Mm -hmm. all their uh, gaming stuff you can uh, hear us talking about uh, Westworld over on there as well lots and lots and lots of different things (laughs) yes lots and lots of other stuff yeah. but yes we uh, we uh, do a weekly westworld podcast over yes, there together so got two more left so yes two yep. more left uh, great show as well for us you can go to geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see the latest air date info if you want to get in touch with your questions and comments you can email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website post to find us at geektown on twitter on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown and on instagram at geektown uk that's everything we shall see you next week bye 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 take care Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. 